Well, this is different. <laughs> <laughs> Hey folks, something in the water here. We want to let everybody know we're starting a Patreon, and uh, you can subscribe to that. And we will have it be having a bonus episode every month. That it's going to can... be a little bit different from the normal thing. And in fact, we're going to uh, call it something in the water, the deep end. That's right. You're gonna you're gonna be able to catch us uh, getting crazy on here. Uh, catch us with our pants down. Got to draw the line somewhere. Every but, episode uh, we'll, we'll be we're naked. Have some special guests, uh, uh, some craziness, and uh, uh, sometimes it just may be me and Dave. But just kind of talking about whatever. And the 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 neat thing about it is it's going to be exclusive just to the Patreon subscribers. And it's only going to be like five bucks to uh, subscribe. And uh, you can see the link below there. Uh, go to that link and subscribe and uh, just kind of see what happens. So this is, uh, we really don't know. I mean, we're just kind of. Uh, uh, it's going to grow into all kinds of things. So. Yeah. And. and we haven't even thought of all the things. Yet. I mean, we're flying but, uh, by the seat of our pants. Basically, right. this but we're, tonight's episode is supposed to be kind of like what it will be like. So, who knows? Yep. Cheers! You got your drinks with you? Go, <laughs> <No>, we do. <laughs> Anyhow, so we, so we thought we'd sit around and <clears throat> shoot the Just bull shoot and. The shit. Uh, and uh, play a few songs. Play some songs, some original music for you. Kind of talk to you about what we was thinking when we wrote them. Just talk about anything. Uh, another uh, facet of the uh, something in the water, the deep end, uh, is uh, we'll be able to do uh, Q and A, question and answers with with your subscribers, and. Uh, um, uh, we'll be maybe doing some kind of special giveaways with some merchandise and uh, just exclusive things, you know, that you, 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 you kind of like what we've been doing all along with our, so far, our... Just uh, just a little extra. Yeah, just something a little extra. Maybe a little edgier at times. There you go. Yeah. Or behind we, the scenes and whatever. And, uh, we, we might cuss a little more. I don't know. <laughs> Something in the water rated R. <laughs> Raw. <laughs> uh, so what well, songs you been writing here? I ain't been writing a whole lot. Now, uh, I think, uh, you know, uh, when this pandemic started about a year ago, I really got deep into the, the writing because we all retreated mm -hmm. inward. Uh, and and I think I did like, I had about 30 songs in that, in that first uh two months of, uh, isolation, but, uh, 
again, uh, my old motto is don't worry about it. They'll come when they come. And, uh, uh, I, I had a few words stringed together just the other day, uh, came out of nowhere. And uh, so I, I wrote them down uh, to be revisited later what about you. Uh, I've started writing a little more here lately, not the past week or so, but at the beginning of pandemic, I thought, okay, here's my chance. I'm going to have nothing. I'm going to have a whole lot of time on my hand. And that was like nothing. I think I like hyped it up so much that nothing came out. I, mean, I wrote, some, I was writing a lot of riffs, but uh, yeah. the words just weren't flowing yeah. for me. But, you know, in the past months or so, me and you've gotten together yeah. a few times. Yeah. We, we got a new project coming up. Waycross Stagecoach. Waycross Stagecoach. Yeah. I, uh, have stumbled onto this new website. Nude website? New website. <laughs> and uh, it's, uh, I think it's from Russia. It's dot oh. RU, which I guess that RU. Are you communist.com? Russia is uh, OK. This is it. OK dot RU dot com i guess oh but you sent me this anyhow, link. yeah I didn't and know what you're talking about. it is great as far as uh uh going back and finding old movies in their entirety uh there are several options on this website i mean you can type in the search bar you know you can type in something from the 1920s you know when uh uh film and sound first merged together, you know, and there it'll be, you know, hey, you might strike out every now and then on an obscure title or something, but geez, just about everything I've typed in there has come back a match, you know, and of course, uh, uh, there'll be several options. You'll have to go down to you find the Americanized version because, uh, I've tried to watch those, uh, um, Czechoslovakian, uh, uh, overdub Czechoslovakian, it just don't work. I don't understand the thing they're saying. It's <laughs> like they got a word for uh, a different word for everything. Mm. And uh, but anyhow, I've 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 found this website and it's old. You can type in an old movie and find it right there. So recently, I just been going back and 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 rewatching a lot of uh, stuff from my high school. Four years that I spent in high school, I did top Google top movies from 67, 68, 69. And of course, there's uh, Midnight Cowboy, Dustin Hoffman's early stuff, John Boyd, uh, Robert De Niro's first films. You know, it's just mean street, incredible stuff, you know. Really good stuff. No, I'm I'm talking about a college film that he was oh, really? in that was just like uh, a project type thing. You know, it was really great stuff though. Hmm. And uh, TV shows. You know, I went back and found the old Maxwell Smart Get Smart TV shows from 1965. Uh, I searched for them on uh, these streaming uh networks uh netflix and hulu and all these other ones which you have to pay you know 
And but half of them, you know, uh, they're going to charge you extra to find these uh, obscure movies and television shows, and I'm finding them for free on this Russia website. So is this legal? I hope so. You're telling all of our <laughs> listeners hope, to I don't go know. out. And- <laughs> Nobody's come to the door yet, uh, Mister Griffin. Griffin. <sighs> And, That's uh, how they get all your identifications. <laughs> stuff. Well, so far I haven't bogged down in 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 anything, but I I, I was watching uh, Elvis's movies from the beginning, which I think his first three movies were probably the best. Was it Love Me Tender? Love Me Tender, uh, Loving You, Jailhouse Rock, and King Creole. Uh, those first four, and that was nineteen uh, from fifty six to fifty eight. It was all clam bake from there. After that, after <laughs> after the army, it was just it was like went down. His music and his art yeah. uh, went downhill in a hurry. I think John his weight John his Lennon's, weight went up. His <laughs> talent down. John Lennon's famous quote was, uh, "Elvis died when he." Join the army. Oh, <clears throat> yeah. I was yeah. watching. Uh, I I found I've been looking for this movie forever because there's uh, there's one. Uh, this one's called Elvis meets Nixon, and then oh yeah, and there's another one. It's called Elvis and Nixon or something like that. But the first one was like from the early '90s, and it's got like what's the uh, I can't think of his name. Dick Cavett. Dick Cavett was a talk show host. Yeah, he, he's on there. All these different people yeah. that will come to you, and they'll tell like what they heard happened when all this stuff went down. It's pretty funny. You remember the year that uh, Ian Dunlop, uh, we we backed him up on at the Grand Parsons Guitar Pool, and he played that song that he wrote, Elvis Was an Ark. Yeah. <laughs> that's, the, <laughs> yeah. that's the same subject matter. About him going. And yeah. He, I mean, Elvis was, he was. Thick, thick with Tricky Dick. He was, he was just like this with Tricky Dick. He was wanting to become a member. Yeah, but he didn't like. He got. It was like around Christmas. He got all mad at the family that this, the the uh, the mafia went home. You know his security guys and oh the the Dixie Mafia. The, or it was Memphis Elvis, Mafia. Memphis Mafia. Yeah, Dixie Mafia is a different story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but mm-hmm. but uh, they anyway. That's how this movie goes. I don't know. They were. Playing it out two ways. Well, I heard this, and they'd play it out that way. And well, I heard that. But they all go home, and then I think Priscilla's daddy's like, "You can't keep spending all this money. You're not making it like you. Used to. You don't tell me I'm making the money, you know." And he gets mad and leaves. And, and it's I, a real documentary. Well, it's a movie. It's actors oh, it's playing actually actors. Okay, but uh, it's pretty hilarious. This, there's there's a real story out there. Where uh, you know Elvis was headstrong to get Richard Nixon, and I think Nixon well, yeah, he did went. deputize him or yeah, something. But, like but that. he didn't know what Nick, Nixon didn't know he was coming. He's like, "Hey, Elvis wants to see you," and like Elvis comes in there and he's got guns on him. He's like, "Take them guns!" And uh, he's like, "Well, I bought this one. I was going to give this one to President Nixon in the Oval Office." He's like, "No, no, 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 no." So he goes in there and he hadn't slept in two days. He's all peeled out Elvis is and he's like 
man, this drugs has got to go, man. I want to help. I want to. He's he's asking for whatever he's calling this badge. He's like, we don't have that. <laughs> and then they, they give him something or whatever. And they took a picture and I think that was it. But, but Nixon in the movie, anyway, he got all excited. Like, yeah, cause sentiment, cause they're all the Vietnam protesters were, oh, this isn't good for my rep. You know, and he's like, oh, Elvis, Elvis, he'll get the kids back on my side. <laughs> he didn't realize how far Elvis was. He was already the loop. He was out. Yeah. Yeah, old Elvis. Uh, it's great stuff, though. I mean, that was my childhood was Elvis, uh, and and those early albums. And I think God that uh, Daddy was cool and hip enough, even though he was, I guess he was probably in his late twenties, early thirties. I see he he would have been thirty years old in fifty seven. So, yeah, and uh, he was hip to Elvis. Uh, uh, I asked him that question just recently, you know, I said, you know, we never talked about this growing up, but me and, and my older brother, Gary, three years older than me, we had these Elvis albums and 45s. Hell, we weren't old enough to buy them. So <laughs> mom and daddy bought them, mm -hmm. uh, because they were listening to them. They didn't buy them for, uh, a seven-year-old and a four-year-old to listen to, you know, they bought them for themselves. And, uh, yeah, sure enough, daddy was stationed in Jacksonville at one, one point in his early air force career. And, and he would, uh, they gave him, a uh, a special air force station wagon. It was assigned to him. It had a serial number on the air force tail station wagon. Fin, yeah. And everything. It was, it was a beauty. I can still recall the interior of that thing, the seats and everything. They had the pop-up seat in the very yeah, back. Yeah, there was a little pop-up thing. I love thing. it. My great-grandparents cool. had a military thing. Had like a pea green station yeah, wagon. I, I think this one might have been some blue interior. But anyhow, uh, he would uh, like uh, head to Jacksonville Monday, early Monday morning and stay the whole week and then come home the next weekend. And just worked down there. And while he was down there, Elvis did a show. Oh, wow. Several so shows. So your dad saw Elvis. So he actually attended an Elvis concert. You know, he was. Wow. He was hip enough, you know, he was, you know, young 30s. But uh, but still, uh, we were, me, me and my brother Gary was raised on Elvis, you know, just like all the other kids in the world. And, uh. I can recall that King Creole movie uh, and and the album itself at home. Uh, just lay there, listen to that album over and over again and just studying it like I did when I was 16 with Crosby, Stills, and Nash and Neil Young albums by that time, you know. But uh, I started doing that at a very early age and, uh, uh, and, and going to the actual movie theater and watching watching the movie i anyhow i got to uh, i've i've got to relive all of that uh just recently with the russian movie website and i would advise you all to <laughs> check it out if uh if you're daring and uh uh like to live on the edge <laughs> uh um what's crazy is uh, 
when you're saying I came up on Elvis, and I'm thinking, so did I. But like, it was, I guess when I was coming up, it was like Elvis Day on TBS or whatever. Yes. And they would, it was all the time Elvis on TV, like all the movies. All well, it was the- twice a year. They'd do it uh, in January for his birthday. And then they'd do it in August. I felt like it was like every day. And then they would do it in August to commemorate his death day, Mm -hmm. you know. Because I can remember exactly where I was the day that he died. We were, I was playing in a band in Panama City, Florida, and we were rehearsing that afternoon. It was a Tuesday afternoon in August. August. Uh, I can't remember the exact date, but. We were inside the Sheridan on the beach, Panama City Beach. We were we were uh, learning uh, a new song, and some guy burst into the nightclub. It's about two or three in the afternoon. He said, "Elvis is dead." Elvis, Elvis is, dead. is dead. He's dead. He's dead. <laughs> He's dead. It was news, you know. It was, was he like, running door to door like the British? British yeah, is coming. It was like uh, Elvis is dead. Elvis is dead. Extra, extra! Wow, and uh, and it affected us. I didn't uh, believe how much it affected me because by that time, I had become like John Lennon and lost a great amount of respect for Elvis. You know, hell, I was, like I say, the early movies, the early albums, raised up on the good stuff, the the deep stuff, the really good stuff. And then he kind of lost his direction, you know, in the 60s. Even still, the movies like Kissing Cousins, Clam Bake, Girls, 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 Roust About, all them bad, bad, bad Elvis movies. Nonetheless, I went every Saturday, you know. Uh, Every time one would come out, we would be there. And they were terribly bad, but we didn't know any different till. Till we got older and could look back, look back on it, on, and, yeah. then, and then it was like, <laughs> this sucks, <laughs> yeah. bad. And uh, um, it's funny how his his name was always yeah. Vince Langstrom or Bert Williams, Vance Blanston. <laughs> it was always one syllable, two syllables. Yeah, but uh, um, when he did die, I oh, right before he died, I can remember watching that satellite TV special. Uh, Hawaii? It might have been the one from Hawaii. Uh, it was uh, maybe a month before he passed away. Uh, we were playing at a club in Macon, and I was sitting at a restaurant right up the road uh, uh, from the club and and watching on a little uh, little black and white TV above the bar there, watching this uh, live concert feed, and he was so bloated, mm-hmm. just sweat pouring down, just big yeah. jowls and just... I, I, I don't remember which concert it was, but there's one... Like, how you're explaining yeah. where he's at a piano and he's just like drenched, drenched in sweat. And you can see he's, he's just, he's just lit beyond, 
I mean, by that time he was doing stuff to get him up and to take him back down and just, just, just out of control, totally out of control. And, uh, it was just a caricature of himself and I, I had lost a lot of respect for him, but what amazed me was I felt that afternoon when that uh, guy came running in, uh, in, in the nightclub, I mean, in, in the, uh, where we were rehearsing in the Sheraton on the beach that day that he passed away. And, uh, the feeling that, that overcame not only me, but the rest of the guys in the band. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we, we had a, a five piece band that played behind a lead singer, Eddie Middleton and Eddie was a fantastic vocalist. And Eddie was probably uh, a good five years older than me. So he, he, he was really in that wheelhouse of Elvis and, uh, he could sing just like him. So we just immediately set out to put together a medley Mm -hmm. for that evening, you know, and uh, it ended with the old uh, American trilogy, that Mickey Newberry yeah. thing. Hush, little baby, don't you cry. <laughs> and uh, glory, glory, hallelujah, and the big ending and everything. And I can, can, <laughs> whoo, boy. Yeah, I love that. And I mean, that night, uh, when, when, when we, when we put it all out there for, uh, for Elvis, uh, you know, it was, it was something pretty spectacular. And, uh, I, uh, I didn't know I was going to feel that way, you know, but he was special. He was, he was damn special. He just kind of lost his way. And he, yeah. he, he, I won't say he lost his weight, but he gained his weight. <laughs> he, he lost his way and he gained the weight and mm-hmm. uh, I mean, can you imagine though the notoriety that the I mean that's got to go to your head a little bit, and you got all the money and the I mean well, even if it don't go to your head, it's just having to deal with being the king, being that person that that uh, you realize that your life is confined to this room. Mm-hmm. and that motel and uh this plane and you know it's the beatles i mean anybody who were who was at that level michael jackson they all had to deal with that and that's something that none of us will ever be able to yeah remotely comprehend you know just the fact that uh uh, your name is uh, is as famous as Coca Cola <laughs> and McDonald's worldwide. It's more. It's as recognizable. The name Elvis was as recognizable. It's like right up there with the top three names, brand names worldwide. Yeah, worldwide. Yeah. I mean, you can't go you to could, Japan and get a you break. Could, you probably go to a village in the Amazon and they go, Elvis, Elvis. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> even even the Amazon. <laughs> yeah. Even even the uh loincloth. Even the Sherpas. <laughs> yeah, right here. Folks, this reminds me of uh uh this is actual hide of uh the abominable snowman. Which, if you, this is what I love about the Sherpas. What is that? What they call them, Sherpas? The Nepalese, Nepalese, Nepal. The mountains of Nepal, where the abominable, phenomenal, <laughs> phenomenal, the fu- the phenomenal snowman, phenomenal snowman. He's Christopherson. <laughs> <laughs> nope, you need to put that drink down there, Dave. <laughs> no, what I love about the Sherpas is is that they uh, they have the wherewithal to uh, shorten that name because they couldn't pronounce it. I mean, it's a mouthful. I mean, it's abominable, but. <laughs> they just shortened it to Yeti. Yeti. Yep. Smart. Sherpas was smart. Yeti. Because Abominable Snowman is not a good name for a cooler. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Where's that uh, bottle? We bring it in here. He didn't. He didn't. I no, quit. Sir. He brought. He brought. Oh, a, yes, I'll be back quick. He brought a can of beer. Folks, we're not even going to take a break. This is how this rolls now. We just uh, kind of, uh, it's very casual, very uh, unsophisticated. Uh, we're just. Uh, it's deep in, it's the kitty pool. <laughs> we ramble in, ramble out. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm kind of looking forward to this. Uh, this is a, uh, this is already kind of a uh, uh, reducing me to uh, a matter of uh, of uh, still insignificance and uh, uh, throw caution to the wind. I mean, just. Just throw caution, caution light media. Y'all can tell that. Uh, okay, here we go. All right, now you see what it is, what it was, what it shall be. Um, maybe the first song you ever wrote, Dave. Oh, god, <laughs> I could probably do that. I think you uh, it was a Thursday. You got the memory of a um, elephant. It ain't in my book. This is my my uh, original book right here, though. I was, it's a uh, uh, kind of a catalog of all the songs that I've written over the years, but it doesn't include all of them. Not those very first ones, those early ones. Uh, I did write a song for a girl that I dated from Blackshear, Georgia. Her name was Ann Bell. And I was probably about, I must have been about 18. And uh, 
had my old brothers. My brother had got drafted into the Air Force, and they sent him over to Cornwall, England. How about that? Home of Ian Dunlop. Yeah. And uh, that's where things got weird. Early seventies, so Ian was probably was probably there then because you remember Graham went over there to kick the habit Mm -hmm. and stayed with Ian there in the in his fields of flowers and and that's cool. So so my brother was over there probably when Graham and Ian may have been over there. At the same time. Anyhow, before he left Waycross, he he had started buying a, a, a Volkswagen van, a red and white Volkswagen van, and he had to leave it behind, so I took up the payments on that thing. And uh, um, uh, I can't even remember the story now. I should have brought you some ice, huh? So. What were we talking about? Um, Elvis. Elvis. <laughs> Somehow or another, it got to uh, Volkswagen vans in 1972. Yeah, yeah. Well, there was something. Oh, yeah, the girl the on the Yeah. Folks, the deep end. The deep end. Tune in. Tune in. <laughs> Tune in. Drop Drop out. out. <laughs> Drop off the edge into the deep end with us. Uh, anyhow, so I had this old red and white Volkswagen van, and I started dating this girl from Blackshire named Ann Bell. And I can recall jumping behind the wheel of that Volkswagen van on a cold winter night and uh, heading over to Blackshire, Georgia, to visit her. And turning on the radio, and at nighttime, especially on them cold, crisp winter nights, you could pick up WLS out of Chicago hmm. on that uh, AM radio station. And no sooner than I'd put that thing in first gear and headed out Dog Hill towards Blackshear, came this song in the middle of winter called Summer Breeze. <laughs> Summer breeze <laughs> by Hall, uh, I mean by Seals and Crawl. And uh, uh, first time I ever heard the song, it was beautiful. And uh, anyhow, yeah, I wrote a song for her, and uh, and uh, it was called Annabelle, but not Ann Bell, not Ann Bell, but it was called Annabelle because that sounded like something Edgar Allan Poe would have done, mm-hmm. would have done. But uh, that would have been <clears throat> one of my first songs. You know right how here. to play it? I don't. Uh, I don't think so. Let's see. It was bad poetry. <laughs> How I love you so well. 
Only time will tell. Annabelle. You know, it's still the same old, same old. Bell, tell. And that well, was the first song you wrote or just one of the first? That was one of the first songs. Uh, probably one of the very first songs, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, it was bad. At 15, six, maybe 16, 15. I, I got my first guitar at 15, so somewhere around there. I always just wanted to write songs. That's all I cared about. It was I didn't care about. I mean, I wanted to get good at guitar, but not. I wasn't like the lead guy sitting there practicing scales all day. But um, I don't even think I had a verse yet, but I was like, I'm working on something, you know, to my buddies. It was Jamie Stewart and, <laughs> and his uh, cousin, Nathan. And uh, Nathan, me and him always would just get on each other, you know, just like give each other hell about whatever. Yeah. And uh, so my song, I don't know how to play, go play it or whatever, but it was like, listen to me. I've got something to say. And I'm like, that's all I got. And he's like, I don't guess you got nothing to say. <laughs> oh, I, what, what year would you, would you have been this? Oh, this man. About 16, 15? Yeah, it was probably 88, 89, yeah. something like that. <laughs> Listen to me. I got something to say. That's all I got. And he's like, well, I don't guess you got nothing to say. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'll tell you. I'll show you. Well, my stuff was definitely uh, my early songwriting uh, attempts were definitely inspired by what I was listening to at the time, which was the uh, the advent of of the singer-songwriter movement, you know, was early 70s. Mm -hmm. That was it, 72, 73. And it would have been uh, um, Cat Stevens, Neil Young, Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Um, um, James Taylor, Jim Croce. James Taylor, yeah. And even Graham Parsons, you know, mm. because uh, I discovered Graham Parsons in 73, about a month or two before he passed, passed away. And once we discovered him in July of 73, by then... Hell, he had already completed his career, you know, and he was soon to die. Mm -hmm. But by then, he had recorded the two solo albums. Prior to that, it was Flying Burrito Brothers. And prior to that, it was The Birds. So you had a backtrack. I had all of that back catalog that we went back and grabbed, you know. Mm -hmm. And and it was definitely an inspiration on 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 several songs in particular. And now, folks, what what you gonna do? <laughs> this I'll be back. Put the mic up to the door. When, when uh, Dave comes back, I want to play a song that uh, was the first song me and Dave co-wrote together. And we did a record, 
<laughs> He's locked up. It's all going to hell. You're going to hear a mighty deep sound coming out of Bobby Peru. <laughs> Bobby Peru. Wild at heart. Oh, yeah. I was going to play a song, first song me and you co wrote together. Do you remember what that was? Your eyes are the ghost. Yeah. Well, I just tagged you in it because <laughs> we had, that was a, I had a Facebook memory come up of me recording that a year ago yesterday cool. in the backyard here. And, and that I, was, a, that was a, a hell of a, hell well, of a good little old well, song. It was a there. song. One of the first songs I considered a song or I still consider it a song, but, uh, I had had it for probably since I was nineteen or something, and I met you. You had done some of this in Philadelphia, didn't you? Yeah. Well, or was it pertaining? It, it was to- after I came back, but it was so I was like nineteen. I'd just come back from Philadelphia, was writing about that experience or whatever. But I didn't meet you till I was twenty-two, so it had to be around then, twenty-two or twenty-three that. I, did, I never had a chorus or something. I couldn't get out of what I had going on in uh, with the verses. And I, I think I had the, the chords to the chorus. I just didn't have any words. And uh, I remember we was that? <coughs> we wrote it uh, in my in my kitchen <laughs> in my kitchen, I believe, or the dining room right there. At the yeah, it was bar. in the kitchen. I showed it to you. Let's do it. You cool? Fingers slip away from mine. 
strangers to a different state and job from gentlemen to 1965 ashes to ashes blue Dust into dust Like an old truck left to rush Love slowly fading away the first song that we co-wrote eh it was because i i was excited about it (laughs) and then uh i don't recall uh if that uh opened up floodgates or (laughs) probably not uh Uh, yeah i don't think we just started writing together at that point but but over the years we have we have collaborated quite a bit and that's not that's not an easy thing to do. It's, it's That's over 20 years. Whew. Damn. Over 20 years of writing Man. together. And that's why we're starting the Waycross Stagecoach, because we're going to put out. Yeah. I mean, I, I've released songs before that yeah. we've written together, a lot of them. But now we want to 
kind of hone in on. Was that song going to be on this? Yeah. We had yeah. already designated that, that, That's that on the that list, yeah. Good, good. Yeah. But we got so many, I don't know what'll yeah. make the cut. But <laughs> well, you know, there, there's some, uh, some not so great, and others that that I I really think that we really uh, nailed it as far as as far as coming together of an, of the idea. What's crazy is like we'll get together and write one late night. I mean, I I do mean late night, and then I'll go home, or you'll go home, or whatever. Who's ever, who's ever his house, and I won't remember anything except we wrote a really good song, and you got it all documented. <laughs> I, I never was good at that paperwork. Yeah, that's just something that. Something that I've done all along is kind of from early age started, well, before computers, you know, I'd have these composition books with page full of lyrics and the chords in the margin. And then once the computers came along, I just sat there and typed it out. And even now, folks, this is, this is antiquated right here. Even now, you got people with the the iPads that <laughs> that attach to their mic stands yeah. right there in front of them with a foot switch here that you can actually scroll the words up and down over. Them. Nice. I haven't I haven't got to that point yet, but <clears throat> so this is uh, something in the water, the deep end. <laughs> And uh, you too can uh, have, uh, well, this first one is a little, is kind of like a teaser out there. We're this is, this is the announcement. Can, yeah, we can attract some attention. Hoping that we can attract some attention and maybe uh, uh, entice uh, some, some of you folks out there to become subscribers on our Patreon account. Mm-hmm. At the link right down there. Let's hope Justin can do that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, won't you sing us a song? Let's see if I can uh, pull one out of the hat here. You got one in mind? I was thinking about an old uh, an old song that uh, kind of being around uh, you and Chris Ryder and nephew Graham Griffin. Um, <clears throat> y'all were. Uh, how old are you now? 46. 46. So y'all are good 20, 20 years younger than me. But being around y'all uh, initially when I first met met all y'all, you, you pulled me up and out of a, a kind of a funk that I had been in 
I was working, you know, buying a house, raising kids, working a job uh, with the post office and had given up music pretty much entirely because I'd get off work, come home, fall in a recliner and go to sleep. And my wife would wake me up to feed me. Then I'd eat and then go to bed and get up and do it all over again. So I didn't have time for music at all. I, I didn't know that. I thought you were still doing music. No, it was, it was, it was nothing like it became after I met y'all. I'll put it like that. Uh, y'all opened, reopened the door again. And, and it was then that, uh, that I feel like my songwriting took a turn to a much more serious uh, level of songwriting, uh, the subject matter that uh, uh, everything that I put forth to the process and all was it was it was deeper and, and more genuine and everything, and that was on account of y'all. But uh, I felt I like we got deeper after we met you, though. <laughs> Well, it works that way. It works that way. It's like, We're trying to keep up with you. I don't know if I can remember this song or not without delving into the book here. Delvin. Old Delvin. Old Delvin. Let's see. Uh, uh, Delvin. <laughs> I got to see if I can remember the name of the song. You better have a hefty then, meat music stand. <laughs> then, uh, got some concrete blocks to hold that thing. <laughs> yeah. Millie Vanilli. I remember the name of it now. If it's in here. Yeah, here we go. No, I just need to be able to glance at it here and there. That's what she said. Yeah. <laughs> this is a... Uh, song that I wrote in January the 3rd 2001 Wow, I couldn't tell you any date of anything 2001 You may think I don't mean this It's been tearing me apart This cold distance now between us Slowly wearing out my heart You and I vowed forever To go the distance hand in hand Here we stand 
now or never Nothing left but mislaid plans Oh, I'm not the man I ought to be Calls each other our fair share of pain. My day is finally come. I never thought I'd see you off the chain. Where does love go when you lose it? How do angels fall from grace? For the sad one who refuses Someone gladly takes his place No, I'm not the man I ought to be We've caused each other our fair share of pain It's finally come I never thought I'd see you off the chain Yes, sir. That was the one that kind of Turned a corner for me, you know. I remember that. <laughs> it's true. I was like, "Oh, we better step it up, boys." <laughs> Man, I'm taking taking something like, "Dog, that was off the chain." Like taking a <laughs> yeah. saying like that and making it that. Oh wow, man! Never thought I'd see you off the chain. That's good. It's good stuff. One of my favorites. <laughs> you don't play that enough. Well, I have I have a tendency to not play originals when I play out. That is a and I've seen. I've been I've been hammered for that and crucified for that by my wife and uh, me, you. Why don't you? There's I'm nothing just, wrong with playing a cover, but no, you've got. More songs and better songs than anybody. It's just that when you get right there, when I, when I get right there in front of a, 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 a restaurant, crowd, Brown Eye girl, it's hello. I think that's Kitty. Come on in. <laughs> Here's our special guest. Special guest for this week, it's Kitty Carlisle. <laughs> Kitty Lemon. 
But anyhow, should, it is. I, I know. I know uh, what you mean about like when you. It's you, like when they don't know. According to what gig, they it don't is, know this song. According to what gig, it is. Some sometimes you got to. Yeah, do, if you get the response, it's yeah wonderful. And then it's like but it when opens. You, it but when you got dark, there. sad songs, yeah. it's hard to play them in a yeah. bar, and everybody's trying to have a good time. Yeah, but yeah. I love that kind of stuff. <laughs> but if you're in the right uh, situation, right. Yeah, it's, it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Well, folks, this is a sample <laughs> of what you're going to get <laughs> when you join the deep end. On Patreon. On Patreon. Something in the water of the deep end. Patreon podcast with Uncle Dave and Sean Clark. And uh, and uh, all the little voices in the back of our heads, and the little demons that yeah. sit on your shoulders, and angels and demons. We're gonna we're gonna have them all. <laughs> They'll we're, all be our first guest. Will be the devil, <laughs> old scratch, old scratch himself. <laughs> well, uh, y'all do uh uh yes. Show us a little bit of love, and we'll see how it goes from there. I mean, if we see these subscriptions start rolling in, uh, keep them cards and letters coming. Uh, <laughs> if we see them subscriptions start rolling in, then we'll know that uh, we own to something here, and we hope that we are. We uh, appreciate all of y'all over this past year supporting the Something in the Water podcast. We're up to our like a 13th 14th episode now with mm-hmm. that and uh, that has been a lot of fun mm-hmm. and we've got and a lot more we will continue down that path we got a lot more great musical guests from all around uh, the state of georgia and uh, florida uh, and uh we bringing more of those to you uh twice a month now and uh now, now we've got something in the water deep end Patreon account, and we hope you'll join us there as well. So, until the next time, I'm Uncle Dave Griffin. I'm Sean Clark, <laughs> and we'll see y'all. <laughs> we'll see y'all down the road in the deep end. Fade.